Are you looking to get an edge in life but haven't been able to figure it out? Welcome to 10 to Win, the podcast hosted by Kevin Steidel and Jason Cullum. Give us 10 minutes of your time and we'll show you how to create a winning mindset. Welcome back to 10 to Win, the podcast, the podcast focusing on how to create a winning mindset in 10 minutes. This is part three of our Toe the Line series. If you're just tuning in for the first time, this is the interview portion. And today we have a special guest who's here with us explaining how being able to toe the line has led to an incredible amount of success in his life. Kevin, please give us the introduction to our interviewee today. Jason, super excited to introduce our guest, big fan. Everyone that's listening to the podcast knows you and I are huge Bengals fan fans. And today we've got Super Bowl winning current NFL football player, Ted Karras Jr. Ted won Super Bowl 51 when he was with the New England Patriots. He is the current starting center for the Cincinnati Bengals. Ted has played with Tom Brady. He currently plays with Joe Burrow. If this guy doesn't know how to toe the line, no one does. Ted, it's great to have you on, buddy. Thanks for joining us. Kevin, Jason, thank you so much. Excited to be here. Awesome, buddy. Oh, yes. So listen, all week long, we've been talking about this toe the line concept. You know, we as individuals, we need to push ourselves to that line to be great, to have the winning mindset that the listeners are out there seeking. But yet we also need to love the things. And, and that line gets blurred when we become obsessed at, at all costs. And from being a big fan of football and a big fan of yours for, for several years, you look like a guy who is great at playing football, but also having like the time of your life. And so you're really enjoying it. I mean, what's your experience with this? Like, how do you toe the line between loving what you do and being too obsessed with it? Oh, geez, it bugs on me right now, but my God, I'm toe, I'm towing the line right now, actually, 9 p.m. Sunday night. You know, I'm getting a lift in when you guys called. And, Love you know, it. that's because I had chores That's all awesome. So, I mean, you know, I got a fishing trip on Monday, going to uh, Great Falls, Montana to do some trout fishing. And, nice. you know, I'm not going to be able to get a lift in. So, Sunday night, I have a strict schedule. Uh, 9 p.m. Had to do a bunch of uh, bunch of chores today on Sunday. So, this is the only time I'm getting it in. But... You know, there's certain things you got to do. And for my own psyche, you know, I'm towing the line in the weight room here, uh, you know, early April as we get ready to go back to camp in two weeks. Cool. Gosh, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> camp in two weeks, man. I'm super excited. Oh, spring camp. So, spring camp, not training camp, which is spring. Right. Spring is fun. Well, camp in general, just for the Bengals, man, I, you know, it's already – we're already talking about the season here coming up. So that's, that's, that's awesome. We are. It comes quick. There's no, the NFL has made this a year round proposition now, which is great. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We just went through the frenzy of free agency and then now it's everyone's looking at all the draft prospects and who's going to join the team. It's going to be awesome. Right. Got the schedule release party. Yeah. That's why you want to show up back in shape, man. You know, this business, um, you know, if you don't push yourself, as I just turned 30, I'm the oldest guy on offense. People are coming to take your job. There are, you know, a thousand 22-year-olds, you know, hoping to hear their name called in May or late April. So you got you to gotta be ready to go. And, you know, one advantage I've always had is my strength, and I, and I play to that. And that's why I'm in here in the, 
in the garage weight room here at 9 p.m. That's getting all. one in. Good for you. Well, that that's a wow, perfect segue. you're the segue. oldest guy? Yeah, you're the Old, oldest, oldest guy, guy on offense. offense. Oldest guy on offense. Wow. Years old, yeah. I love it. So you doing your workout right now is a perfect segue of uh, for the next question, Ted, which is let's talk about pushing yourself to be the best. You know, so much of our podcast is trying to focus on all the qualities that create a winning mindset. Okay. And so uh, you could name a number of them, but what is hard work? mean to you okay what is what is hard work and towing the line mean to you when it comes to pushing yourself and being the best so hard work to me the first thing is 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 it doing any if anything to improve to, towards my goal so i'm just not working just to work so we have mm. to think of things that are going to help us and benefit us in our final goal which for me is performance on the football field so you know, that's the first basis for hard work for me. Secondly, is am I seeing progress? Am I pushing myself hard enough to where the next time I come, it's a little bit easier to do that, whatever it is we're doing? Or, you know, am I just coasting now and kind of plateaued? Uh, and then I know I'm not pushing myself hard enough. Um, and then third, hard work to me is, you know, in my perception, am I working harder than my competition, than my opponent? You know, I don't imagine a lot of guys are out here. Not that I'm, you know, the hardest working guy for just working out on a Sunday, but, you know, a lot of people don't. And am I working harder than someone that is trying to accomplish the same task as me? So those are my three parameters of what hard work is. Ted, are those things, are those all self-directed by you? Or do you have someone else kind of pushing those buttons for you, like a, a trainer saying, Hey, the last time you did this, this was easy or it was easier this time. So you need to be doing more weight or more reps or whatever it is. Or is that all you doing? So that? I've been very you know, lucky in my career. I've had great you know, individual coaches, head coaches, and especially strength coaches. But I don't pay anyone to work out. I built a gym out in my garage. It's very crude. But, you know, I come down here to Florida in the off season and, and, and get to work. And I write all my own workouts and can chart my progress and, very fortunate and grateful that I've been able to do this now going on eight years. So I kind of know the landmarks of where I should be on April 2nd, um, as far as my strength, body weight, um, and, you know, just physiologically how I'm feeling going into a spring session. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, we've talked about the idea of accountability on this podcast, Ted, and what you're saying there about charting and keeping the numbers and knowing where you should be in April here, you know, how accountable do you keep yourself to, you know, certain dates and times? And if you're not there, you know, do you know you have to get in there and do more stuff within the weight room or outside of the weight room to, you know, to get to where you want to be for your goals? Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest landmarks for me is like my body weight. So, you know, I play at 315. I'm not carrying that the whole year. So as, you know, the season ends in February, I probably dip down to like 298 is probably my lowest and kind of coast right around the 300 mark. Um, but now that I'm, you know, once my birthday is March 15th, so once my birthday hits, I start getting back on the scale. I know I should get two, three pounds of weight here a week um, to get back to my playing weight ready to go. But, I'm, you know, I hold myself very accountable. I feel very, I don't want to say paranoid or anxious, but very aware of that this is a performance business and I, you can never take that for granted no matter how good your relationships are no matter what it's very cut and dry it's a what have you done for me lately business 
and it's it's black and white as far as performance. So there's you know if I don't hold myself accountable, my employer certainly is going to come August. Ha- happy belated birthday, Ted. Thank you. Yeah. So let me ask you this. I mean, you're you're a great player. You've achieved a lot of great things in your career. You've been a gr- part of a bunch of great teams. Are there things that you have had to sacrifice to to be great and to be a part of these great teams and organizations? I don't know if there's over huge sacrifices that I made. I have a wonderful wife and a wonderful family, and we have a great routine. Um, you know, maybe some of the, the – yeah, I mean, I guess it would more be just like social sacrifices or, you know, in season, you know, we're, we're, we're locked in for six months. You know, people come to me, and I have very, very great friends. I, I haven't had to sacrifice friendship or family, which is really important to me. But socially and maybe some travel, but – Overall, I love what I do. It doesn't feel like a sacrifice. Um, this is a finite game, and you know, as I'm in my 30s, still playing, I'm very grateful for yeah. that. And you know, we'll, we'll do whatever I can to prolong it as much as I can, and um, you know, and then after that, enjoy enjoy the spoils. So, what what year? How old were you, Ted, when you start first started playing football? I was eight years old, third grade. Eight years old. So. When you started at eight years old and where you are now, do you feel like you have the same passion for the game, and, and why do you enjoy it so much? My favorite part about football is the team aspect. I think that you're with men that you respect and you work with to become your brothers, and then you you know, play against other men that you respect as well that are trying to do the same thing to you, and it's an elite kind of fraternity of you know exceptional athletes and, and uh you know, the biggest, strongest men in the world. So, but I love the the camaraderie of working towards a common goal with people that I love and respect. I, it's it'd be it's going to be hard to emulate that in any other profession post football. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. And do you, and because of that, does that push you towards towing the line more? You know, trying to be obsessed with this, but yet not so crazy. You know, you you all are trying to get to these goals. Um, that you've set out for yourself individually as a team, you know, as as a um, as an organization, you feel like everyone else is towing the line just like you are. I think so. I think that you know when you're towing the line, you don't want to you don't want to lose yourself in this, and you don't want this to be who you are. It's 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 what you do and a part of who you are. But ultimately, football player is not the ultimate definition of who we are. And I think that we need to you know I've stressed that in the in the locker room. Um, but it's, it's way easier to hold yourself accountable when you have people also striving with you, holding themselves accountable, holding you accountable. You know, people, you know, working towards the same goal is very powerful as far as a motivation factor. Of course, yeah. So, Ted, you, you've been on a Super Bowl winner. You're obviously this past season with the Bengals was, was a, a big success season, and, and you guys went right up there to the AFC Championship game. But you've also been on some teams that were just kind of okay. What's the difference that you see between the two in in the the whether it's the work, the preparation, the toe in the line, the the enjoyment of it all? I mean, what's the difference between a really good NFL team and a mediocre one? First thing is your best players have to always play their best. So if your best players aren't toe in the line and not given their all, your team, it's not you're not going to have that great of a shot. Now, the rest of us. We, we need to be picking up and, and going as hard as we can and, and spending time with each other outside of practice, trusting each other, 
you know, one, one of the tenants I love Dante Scarnecchia had on the board is trust the men around you and build their trust in you. And when it comes time, you know, a couple more down the list is play our best when it counts the most. If you can trust these guys, trust the guys around you, and then build your trust uh, in them, um, when it's time to, to perform our best when it counts the most, we will. Yeah, That's no great. doubt. So, so would you say, because you've, you've been on a Super Bowl winning team, you know, I, I think I know the answer to this, but I'll just have you reiterate it for the audience one more time. What do you think was the biggest factor in towing the line and making sure that all the people, all the guys, all the team, the organization came together on those Super Bowl winning teams. What was that like? Accountability at practice, whether it's from your peers or from your coaches. We had a, and we practiced well here in Cincinnati, which I really love. But some of those early Patriots teams in my career, I mean, that was one of, so that's some of the most hardcore stuff I've ever done. And the way we practiced and prepared to play the game was, um, uh, almost obsessive, yeah, really toeing the line as, as, as much as you could go. And, and at the end of the year, we were better conditioned, better prepared to handle the, the big moments, and, and the guys came through. But I would say accountability when you're practicing before performance. That's great. Yeah, I do love you that. Find, do you find that comes – because, you know, I think a big deal was made – um, about those Patriots teams that were about Coach Belichick and, and Tom Brady, obviously. But you know who's also can be obsessive about being successful is the team owner, Mr. Kraft, yeah. right? Is it is it come from that high up? Or where were you finding that, like, let's be obsessive about practice today in August or September because in January and February, that's when we're going to beat the the other great teams? That's all from Bill. That was, you know, Bill Bill ran okay. the organization. Obviously, Kraft set a direction, but Coach Belichick was was the director of that. But it was so cool for me to transition from that now to Cincinnati, which is a way younger team, obviously a way younger coach, you know, uh, you know, young star QB, and to see how it wasn't so much uh, that we weren't we don't we we practice a little different, but it's very very high execution here, very fast. Um, and, and everyone really, the team holds each other accountable. We have an exceptional locker room. I think Zach Taylor and, and the front office have put together an amazing group of young men, um, and everyone wants to do their very best. And it's, it's obviously a, it's a way different style than New England, but the, the emphasis on practice is still at the pinnacle, and we've, we've had, we had really, really good practices last year, and we just need to start that all over again this year. So I'm really, really excited to get back. That, that's so cool. Like, I, I don't think the general audience really understands what you guys do in practice, you know, without coming out yeah. and, and seeing it, because I think most people are thinking like Allen Iverson, we're talking about practice here, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's all game, but it's not all game day. You know, it is, it is all the things that go into it, the preparation and you holding yourselves accountable. Like, can you give us some cool stories at all about some of the teammates and or or teams you've been on, coaches, anything cool that would be uh, kind of hitting a home run here with our audience on towing the line? And, on towing the line, well, an old tradition of uh, Coach Belichick is you make any uh, any mistake at practice, you have to run a lap. So I snapped the ball early in my rookie year, and you know there's twenty thousand people in the stands watching camp practice, and it's me and Jimmy G running around <laughs> the field. And he's, he's, probably, he's, he's probably like 20 yards ahead of me, and everyone's cheering for him. 
And then I'm, I'm pulling up the rear here, and I'm getting booed. Like my third practice ever. <laughs> and they're cheering for Jimmy, booing for me. I got to take a lap. Very embarrassing, but it's just that's, you know, one of the ultra-accountable moments early on in my NFL career. I love it. I, I mean, that's funny. That's, that's, high, that's cool. high school stuff, yeah. right? But oh, here we I are mean, then, in the yeah. NFL doing it. And, the and day I, be, I, signed, I bet you there are teams aren't. The day I signed, uh, I, I go there. I put on like a nice pair of jeans, some dress shoes, uh, you know, a pull, like a button down and a, and a sport coat. And I think they were messing with me because they, I signed my contract and, and, and got into the, they kind of shuffled all the rookies in. I noticed everyone else is in workout gear already. And they shuffle us into the turf room and put us through a warm-up. And first time I met Coach Belichick, I was doing high knees and jeans. And, and I, you know, I, I literally thought they were – because I heard all the stories about it. I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to do it and not say anything and see what happens. And I think I earned a little nugget of respect right off the rip there uh, in Foxborough. So doing the whole warm-up and, and – Jeans and a button down. That's awesome. That is awesome. That is great. What about Cincinnati? Anything so, good you can tell us from Cincinnati? Oh, Cincy, what if I mean, this was one of the biggest blessings of my life signing with the Bengals this past year. And I we have such unbelievable teammates, obviously led by Joey B. Just fantastic. And and Zach Taylor comes from the top. It's such a fun organization. It's so um such a different style of football than I've ever played. And you know, I don't know if I have any like great anecdotes like that. There's nothing that quite that crazy, but um, it is, you know, we're, we're a very serious, good team that has a lot of fun and we need to win it all this year. It's, it's very, very important to me and to us. And we to have Kevin a lot of listeners cheering on, <laughs> cheering you guys on. That's yeah. for sure. Yes. So, so Ted, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up your family. For those of you that don't know, Ted comes from, one of if not the most historic football family in the country so ted's dad is a very successful college football coach ted's uncle is a successful college football coach ted's uh grandfather and uh what great uncle both played in the nfl right two great uncles super bowl winning Yeah, right. And and you all played in the Big Ten, right? How many members of the family from the Big Ten? Seven in the Big Ten and five in the NFL. Wow. That is amazing. That is such that an is... amazing legacy. So yes. so we can't talk about Ted Jr.'s NFL legacy and your toe in the line career. Now I've heard some of these family stories. You gotta give us a good Karis family story about toe in the line. Toe in the line, well, my grandfather, Ted Karras Sr., who played nine years in the NFL, won a world championship with the Chicago Bears, would, upon entry of whenever I walked into a family event, he would, I would have to, he would stop the whole show and make me perform 10 perfect push-ups in front of the family, and then the party would resume. Then I passed the test, I'm good. I would think about it. I would think about it on the drive all there. I've been practicing. I've been doing my pushes. I'm ready to go. Ten's nothing. But then it would be sometimes he'd hit you with ten V-ups after real quick or some type of trying to throw you off. But that was how the party started in, in my family like at Thanksgiving. Oh, man. When I walked through the awesome. door, I knew that was waiting for me. I was ready to go, though. Happy, Kevin, I th- happy Thanksgiving, Junior. Yeah. <laughs> 
Kevin, I think we might need to institute that with our own kids here. You know, I like it a lot. <laughs> and then I've got Ted, four this boys. Would degenerate into a lot of wrestling with the uncles. It was fun, man. We oh, played no, living awesome. football all the time. Duh. Well, <laughs> hopefully, Uncle Tony's listening to this one. Oh, Tony! We'll give him a huge Tony shout out. He's an awesome he guy. To, he used to tell me he used to really, really rock me in wrestling early on in my in my life, and then like whisper in my ear that I'll never be able to pin him. And I'll remember, <laughs> I remember I was waiting on him. It was one summer, like July 4th, like 2008. I was like 14, ready to go, feeling strong, and got him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good for Ted, you. Ted, I got to deny uh, that forever. I, he won't deny I, it anymore. He will say, you know, it was, that was the okay. end of that. Okay. I, I got a uh, maybe most the most important question here. So you came to Cincinnati about a year ago, and I, I watched this video a year ago, and then I pulled it up again today just thinking about it. Towing the line with spaghetti, okay, marinara and Alfredo sauce versus the chili <laughs> sauce that you came to in Cincinnati, man. What's yeah. your thoughts on Gold Star or Skyline with, with the chili on the spaghetti? delicious What's i'm a com- i'm a company man so i'm a gold star guy official sponsor you got it right so i, I like yeah. gold star. i i'll have a couple conies every now and then i'm not huge on the spaghetti part of it but I, i'll do that too but i'll get like two or three conies uh, a pop there love right. the stuff excellent chili That's dog c- buddy. cincinnati chili tradition dog. oh it's unbelievable Hey, before we get off here, Ted, I just wanted to say something about your hat. Okay, where can yeah. people get the hat, and and what oh, yeah, um, right. what's the foundation um, that you're uh, doing this stuff with, man? Yeah, you can get thecincyhat.com, T-H-E-CincyHat.com. Um, we've got about four colors, four different SKUs coming out with season two merch is dropping here soon. Um, we're gonna have some interesting options for everyone, and we're also dropping theindiehat.com, uh, which should be coming out here within a week. Uh, it's for the Indianapolis 500. This organization that uh, these hats benefit is on the east side of Indianapolis called the Village of Marici. And it's the only institution in Indiana that provides independent living for adults with developmental disabilities, mostly Down syndrome and autism. So mm. they're cool. building new buildings off of these hats. We're going to be able to serve about 400 more people. We're about halfway to our final goal. We've raised about a half million dollars uh, through these hats, all of which goes straight to uh, Village of Marici. And we're coming out with season two. We're adding the Indy. We want to have a big year, um, and we need to go on another, have another big season playing in early Feb. Awesome. awesome. We will. Uh, we'll we'll put get all, all the links on all of our yep. social media all over the place, Ted. Thank you yep. guys. Put so it in much. the show notes. Thanks again, Ted, awesome. for coming on. Really appreciate it. All right, Ted. Seriously, man, you have an open invitation to come on anytime you want. Anytime you want to dive into a topic that you think can help the listeners create a winning mindset, you just you got my phone number. You just let me know. All right. Will do. Thank you guys so much for having me on. All right, it's everybody. Been a that's it for towing. Yeah, that's it for towing the line. Part three. We want to thank Ted Karras Jr. for coming on today and explaining why towing the line is so important to him. Ted gave gave us some great insight. Again, thank you so much. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast, rate and review our podcast. It helps get to more people. We'll be back and better than ever on Monday for a brand new episode. 
And as always, if you are impacting or influencing one person today, it is worth it. Everyone has 10 minutes to learn a winning mindset. Thanks again, Ted. Thank you, guys. Thanks for taking the time to create a winning mindset. Remember, we'll release a new episode every Monday. So be sure to start your week off right by listening to 10 to Win. Please subscribe, like, comment, and share our podcast. And remember, if you're impacting or influencing one person a day, it's worth it. Everyone has 10 minutes to create a winning mindset. Mindset. Yeah. Yeah.